we're going? <laughs> this week on Erotic Awakening, Hodgepodge 9, Erectile Non-Mass, and Kinky Pass On. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. I wonder if I'll get any hate mail about that opening. Probably. <laughs> because of the expenses involved in what we do, like this fancy soundboard, we are grateful to those that support us through Patreon and donations. Indeed. Hi, hi Dawn. Hi, Dan. Well, it's because of these Patreon donations that we're able to offer all these Zoom classes for free, so... As well as... Rim shots! Mm-hmm. Well, at least it was loud enough that while I was finished eating, <laughs> hopefully my munching didn't come through. I didn't realize we were going to start it so fast. Well, there you go. That's what I often hear from lovers. Didn't realize you were going to start but too I'm fast. <laughs> or you could just go. There you go. Aha. Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about... Uh, we're, we'll, we will quickly get less silly and go into HodgePodge 9 as we go through even more less questions. But it's in your contract that you need to be silly. I know. And it is not in your contract to not print the questions that we'll be talking about tonight. Oh, was I supposed to do that? (laughs) We'll get there, though. Okay. Uh, Before we get into that... um, It wasn't on page one. (laughs) Dawn, I have a question for you. Yes, sir. You have done some kinky stuff, right? Yeah, a little bit. Over 20 years, I've probably done a little bit. Yes, sir. You've done tons. What have you done that you will have no desire to do again? Oh, what have I done that I have no desire to do again? Really? My memory sucks. I've probably forgotten about it. Uh, I don't know. How about... Here's I've, one I've got a little. I've got a little one that I can think of. The one that comes to my mind immediately is uh, flesh hooks. I have mm. no regret about doing flesh hooks. And for people that don't know, it's these huge fish hook looking things that they put through your flesh, through your chest, your meaty chest bits, right above the old nipples. There, um, I had one on each breastus. And some strings attached to it so people could pull on it and stuff like that. Weights hanging from it. Attached to some drums, which was really cool. Oh, that was really cool. Attaching to drums. Yep. Ooh. But uh, no desire to do it again. It was a very interesting experience. Don't need to do it again. Nice. So, um, I actually liked the flesh hooks and I've been invited to participate in something over the next couple of months that's going to be for uh, vaccinated people and it's a private thing and it's going to be flesh hooks. And Mm. thanks for reminding me about the drums because I might actually bring my drum so that people can attach to it. That would be cool, you know? So, cool. Yeah, I would absolutely do that again. Um, God, see, I cannot think of, I mean, can you think of anything I've done that I've said I'll never do again? Because the only thing I can think of was during one of our, um, re-contract signing things Mm -hmm. and we had a party Yep. and someone had a leather strap and he was just (laughs) strapping my shoulders Mm -hmm. of all things, 
Well, that's like right next to my ears. So it was just so loud in my ears. I actually, it was very uncomfortable more because of the sound Mm -hmm. than the pain. So I don't like things that close to my ears, I guess. That's legit. So, yeah, but that seems really minor. I mean, I've done single tail, dragon tails, needles. I probably wouldn't do a double needle scene again. Where it's two people being needled, uh, just because of logistics. Two and people stuff. being needled, or two people needling. Two people being needled. Oh, right on. Okay. So yeah, so that just logistically, that's mm-hmm. that's kind of kind of wonky. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, it's about all I can think of. Cool. Uh, today on the podcast, we are going through some of the backlog of questions that people have written in, and often we think, well, that's a good question, but it's not a Entire podcast length. Right, right. So it's like questions we could answer really fast or just things that didn't interest us at the moment, right? So Mm -hmm. they ended up on a list and then they ended up not getting done. So we just want to go through that backlog and see what we can come up with. So you're going to hear a hodgepodge of topics. Don, pick a number and uh, one through seven. Oh, glad you said that. I was going to pick 47. So that, that would have been... done no good. No. <laughs> um, four. What do you consider active dominance? Is it the voice, the eye contact, the direct request? Why don't I answer that? Well, actually, I guess you could answer that. I could answer it, but um, and, and I can give it a try, but I'm really curious about your, your okay. response as well as a dominant. So for me, active dominance is exactly what they're talking about. It is the... Uh, it... Like right now, we're kind of casual. Sure. We're home all the time, so there's not a lot of ritual based around you leaving or coming home from work or stuff like that. So we're kind of casual at the moment. But I always know who, where the buck stops, right? It's not that we're not power exchange. It's just not as full of ritual and protocol. But when you get into that voice or that energy of you want something and you want it now, mm-hmm. and you're asking me as your follower, not as your wife or your friend, mm-hmm. I can hear the difference in your voice, or I can see it in your look, or I can feel it. To me, that's active dominance. The, the only thing I would add to that is patience yeah, and attention. So earlier this morning, I asked, oh, I was getting ready to give you a command, a very stupid command, but I was going to give you a command. And I said, honey, or something like that, or Dawn or something. And you said, yes, but you still had your nose in your phone. You were scrolling through trying to find something or something. So I just waited until you realized. And then I think you said, "Uh uh-huh. And I just waited until you were actively paying attention Mm. so that you knew that this was not a honey do. It was a you'll do this from now on thing. Do you remember what the command was? Was it about the book? No. See, I should leave you hanging. Uh, oh shit! No um, more ice cream or oh, that's baked right. goods in the house. That's for the right. Next two weeks. If I'd have thought about it hard enough, I would have remembered it. So, but uh, yeah, okay. Been overeating yes, a little bit lately, so gonna make sure we don't keep some of it. So I will instead of taking care of you by making sure you got fresh baked brownies and stuff yes, when I yes. make them for the kids, I will take care of you by making sure you don't. Exactly. So because that's what you've requested. So. Well, so let's commanded. make sure those <laughs> that there's pickles and so the with active other there is there you've actually got two jar of the um, sugar-free bread and butter pickles. Nummy, nummy. Um, another thing with active dominance though, I think there's intention behind it too. 
You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. not just the voice and the eyes and the command and stuff like that. I think there's also intention. You are directing my will with your intention of having something done. Yep. Or something along those lines. No, I agree with that. That's totally reasonable. Yeah. So. All right. Pick a number for me. Pick a number for you, too. Uh, Dan. Yes, Dan. Oh, it's good. Does it really start with Dan? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what are some good tools for handling conflicts in your power exchange? Uh, spankings, canings. No. Uh, patience, again. And, uh, you know, then I'll just come up with one number one thing that comes to in mind. If you are the leader in a power exchange relationship and then there's a conflict, do not lose your cool. Do not lose your place. Stay confident in your seat of power and let the conflict unfold around you, but not within you. You've got a stance, and the person you have a conflict with has a, obviously a different stance. If you choose to acquiesce to their will, do so clearly and knowingly. If you choose not to, then do not do so clearly and visibly hmm. that's the tool that i come with that's my no conflict tool what is a tool oh, that you come up with that i come up with um avoiding knowing that there will be conflict especially if you're in a long-term relationship with different personalities um so at the beginning talk about how you're going to handle that conflict have a communication tool of some sort i mean we developed porch time over time when we realized our other vanilla communication tools weren't working worth a damn. So, mm-hmm. you know, we came up, we made up a communication tool. You can do something like porch time, which we talk about in Living MS and a lot of our Zoom calls. You can do a talking stick, which is something we used with the kids mm-hmm. and, you know, things like that. So if you have a way of dealing with conflict that will happen, then there should never be a time that... Either of you should be saying, I didn't know how to tell you. I didn't know how to discuss this, so I didn't. You know, everybody should, in my opinion, everybody should be able to have voice and a place to have voice without feeling like we're losing respect for each other or it's coming across as an attack or something like that. So, yeah. So I, I think being proactive about that is going to go a long way with how to be reactive. And it's pretty neat that you and I just don't have a lot of conflict. Knock on wood, man, because if we start changing up our life a little bit, like we're actually thinking of doing, um, conflict could happen. (laughs) You think you're good COVID buddies, huh? Let's find out. Um, In case you're curious about that cryptic message, we recently taught a class on high protocol and we told the people that were attending our cryptic message. We're still thinking about it, though, so we're not giving anything away yet. Mm-hmm. Don, another number. This one's for you. Six. Common missteps and also the ways the community lifts each other up. Common missteps of the community. That is how I take and this. And how the community lifts each other up. Yep. So, so take one half of that or the other. Because I like both. I like to talk about both. Um, missteps. Oh, I had a good misstep. Did you have a good misstep? Yes. Because I can go into the other one. Good, do the other one. I got a good misstep. Okay, but if you don't cover mine, I may pop up with mine too. <laughs> um, so the way that the community lifts each other up. So during COVID, we have had to close down the Columbus space. 
So there really hasn't been much of a community per se, no munches, no parties, no Mm -hmm. gatherings, no things like that. But I know for a fact that the community that has been hiding in their homes because of COVID or, or whatever have been reaching out to each other. I mean, we, well, you ended up hosting an online, like a D&D type of game Mm -hmm. online, and we invited community members into it. So we stayed in touch with people that we had met through this space. I've got someone that I just had over to the house, and we sat in camping chairs in the front yard, right, and chit-chatted because they're going through something right now. I just had someone else to the house today because they were helping me with my shower, Um, another person that helped me redesign my kitchen. So, you know, I'm still in touch with people and people are still reaching out. So, you know, we're, we're kind of still there for each other and it's really kind of neat. So we're checking in on each other, making sure we're doing okay. So, you know, various ways of being there for each other. Okay. Very cool. That's, I think that's how we lift each other up. We lift each other up by supporting each other in title runs. We lift each other by doing charity work. We lift each other up by, you know, all kinds of stuff like Absolutely. that. Absolutely, It's family for me. The, uh, it's funny because of the misstep I'm about to mention. Uh-oh. Is that if a community, if, if you go to the Columbus space or any other public play space, a public play space in this case, right? Mm-hmm. Not something that's highly vetted or anything, just... Um, stuff that's open. Stuff that's open. Okay. And there's 100 people there. The community is about 20 of those people. 80 of those people are there to pay 20 bucks and go spank each other or hit each other or fuck each other or just do some fun BDSM toy activities. Mm-hmm. Um, the mistake that we sometimes make is thinking that those 100 people are all part of a, the same community. And they're not. And that's okay. Right? You don't, they don't need to be part of a lifestyle of BDSM. They're there to have fun on a Friday night and then go back to the real world. True. Um, So that's the one that comes to my mind. So mine is probably a little more controversial. Okay. So um, sometimes, how is the the question worded? Um, How do we misstep? Yes. What are some... Uh, common missteps in the community. I don't know about common, but um, when someone starts trashing someone else, we tend to take it as truth. And then later, sometimes it can be found out that it wasn't truth. But someone's... (coughs) Oh, what word do I want to use? But someone's... um, Reputation? Reputation has already been smashed, and it's really hard to come back from having your reputation smashed, regardless if you did it or not. Yeah, the whole bandwagon thing. Um, Yeah. Are you familiar with the whole Amber Heard and Johnny Depp drama thing? No. Amber Heard is some ex-girlfriend of Johnny Depp's. uh, You know, Johnny Depp is. Oh, absolutely. And he and she accused him of doing all kinds of vile stuff and sued him. And he countersued, and it f- was determined that Amber Heard was this big liar. She just made all that shit up. To ruin his reputation. Yeah. And it happens in the kink world as well. Because we're not police. We're not detectives. <coughs> Excuse you me. You know, even us as leaders of the space, there's only so much we could do, right? Mm-hmm. Without being liable ourselves or, you know, whatever. So, uh, 
It's a huge thing because there are consent violations. There are things that go on. But there are also people that use that to ruin reputations. Yep. So, again, huge topic. We could talk about it forever and still not have a resolution or whatever. But that is just one of the things. Okay. Fair enough. Give me a number. And, by the way. Yes. If you pick a number we've already called, I get to punch you in the tit. Hmm. I'm going to call this episode, Punch You in the Tit. (laughs) You do that to me all the time. Um, One. Question for me, is BDSM kink all about sex? No. (laughs) Now, now you, I recently heard you say that it used to be in the old dungeons and play spaces that sex was even frowned upon. You and I created a group because of that. I would say you are incorrect in that the original BDSM players. Oh, that is true. It was all about sex. Hot, kinky, leather sex. Yes. Now, in our local area, when you and I were involved in BDSM in common play spaces, sex was not something that came up. And often we did hear people say... um, that it was two separate things, that they wouldn't even think about seeing sex in the dungeon. Now things are different. Um, it's not all about sex. For some people, it can include sex. I will say, at, and we go back to the Columbus space, the space we used to run, we would have a dungeon party with, let's say, 120 people. There would be a whole bunch of people in the big dungeon, a whole bunch of people in the little dungeon, some people in the social space, and no more than four to six people, if that many, at any one time in the room designated for sex, right? Mm-hmm. Those 120 people there were not there as a sex party, but certainly sex was acceptable. Um, so is it all about sex? No. Does it include sex? Absolutely for some people. Right. So when you negotiate, don't assume that who you're negotiating with thinks sex is part of it or not part of it. Mm -hmm. So you want to talk about sex, either being part of your scene or not being part of your scene when you negotiate. Yep. So because I would, when I did the orientation before those parties, I would tell people, this is a sex positive event. Sex is absolutely allowed in the dungeon. It is going to be very rare that you see it. So, but there is a sexy time room and it's going to be rare that you see anybody in there as well. Yet you and I, it used to be rare for us. And so we created a group called the Leather Swing mm-hmm. because we wanted sex to be part of, kink. you know, the, yep. the kink. Oh, and you know, in some regions, sex is not allowed to be part of the party because of laws. Fair. So, you know, it's not that they don't want to. It is laws with public parties. And in some places, the swing club has kink rooms and kink events right kink nights that is true that is true so so don you know what turns me on speaking of sex Uh oh <laughs> i know a lot of things that turn you on but you do actually <laughs> but you also new subscribers to the newsletter that is true so always a great joy ha 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 first one is joy from ohio and followed by geneva from missouri leslie from new jersey then they pointed out that no accent they don't have a joysy accent. They don't have a joysy accent. No joysy accent today. <laughs> and Debbie from Ohio. Wow. So we're mostly right here in this region. Yeah. Not a lot of international people. That's okay. We haven't been doing international Zoom classes recently. So head over to eroticawakening.com and find the Get Your EA shout out. 
um, on the website. So just sign up for the occasional newsletter to get the latest podcast news, plus get discounts on books and more. And we've actually got some stuff coming up soon with discounts on books. And um, we were getting ready to do something else with the book, and I don't remember what. We've got a couple of things in mind. And those June Zoom classes, I'm getting ready to schedule those mm-hmm. and have a newsletter go out with the dates. Before you tune out, I've got some strange side effects from that you wanted to talk about. Yeah, erotic from erotic no from erectile dysfunctional drugs. Yeah, but first, uh, whose turn is it? I answered the last one. It's your turn. Pick a number. Uh, I feel like we've done them all except six. Common missteps and ways the community. Ah shit! <laughs> Try again. Five. Stop leaning away. <laughs> um, well, this is somewhat interesting. Oh, goody. I don't get punched. My, uh, da, da, da. Where do you see the future of kink and BDSM and leather going? Will kink follow the path of the LGBTQ community and ask for equal rights and go public and such? Will they stay hidden or something else? Will women rule? Will they start their own country? Does it really say that? It does. <laughs> That's from a uh, podcast listener, Kit. Cool. So is that for me? Yeah, it is for you. Well, it's kind of odd because I see, you know, LGBTQ did come out like that and they've been fighting for their rights. We see a little bit with Polly, right? Polly's trying yes. to fight for yep. rights and things like that. But when it comes to kink, I think probably the only rights that people will be fighting for is the right to be able to participate in kink. Because there are still some states still some regions, still some localities where like spanking is illegal, right? It's considered domestic violence. So I think there would be um, more court cases or whatever, more legalities. I don't even know what word to use again. So it's one of those nights. But I think people will fight for that more, right? Mm -hmm. But otherwise, I don't know. There's a lot of us that like it being underground, you know, it's it's mainstream enough for me as it is with Fifty right. Shades of Grey and stuff like that. I kind of like it being a, a naughty, dark little secret that people don't need to know about except the people that know about that <laughs> sort of thing. But, um, but yeah, what, what are your thoughts? I think it's gone as far as it's going to go when um, thanks to groups like the National Coalition for Sexual Freedom – the uh, and I'm, I'm going to say it incorrectly. The DSR or the the document that says, defines mental illness. Oh, the DS. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What you mean? Uh, was updated to say that just because you participate in BDSM doesn't mean that you are mentally ill. Beyond that, I don't really expect it to go any further because what rights do you want beyond the the right to play? Right. Mm-hmm. LGBT community had a le- a legitimate gripe on being um, excluded from jobs and being discriminated against, right? Um, polyamory, people have some concerns about co-parenting, right? And they want to be able to recognize. I can understand this, but, you know, what rights do we have that we're defending other than the right to play? And all the places I know that have uh, a state law saying that BDSM can't be practiced, they simply go to the neighboring state, and that's where the parties are. Or they keep it on the down low, which, good or bad, that, that's my opinion. Yeah. So um, I had something else pop into my head, and now, now I can't remember what it was. But um, I know, like, um, 
Well, we, we've actually here at OSU, we've actually got community members that go into OSU and are teaching the new psychiatrist about uh-huh. kink and poly and stuff like that. But I don't know how that will actually turn into like new laws. And But maybe you were saying uh, we're just fighting for the right to play. But what about <laughs> if, <laughs> fighting for our right to party, um, but what about if someone had a job and the job found out they were kinky and they were fired because of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that could be a lawsuit. And I'm or sure that that's a morality happened. clause sort of thing. And I'm sure that that's happened. Yeah. But I don't know. I've, I've said my spiel on it. This is not a political podcast and I don't know what the future brings. I really True. don't even know what the future of. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are not here in Ohio. We're not past the point where you can take your. We are not supposed to be past the point where you can take your masks off and, and be in groups of 10 people or more. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma Leatherfest just happened last weekend. Oh, so did another event. Yep. So, so away they go. Yep. So it um, depends on where you're at and what's open So who and knows what's what the history and, of, or what the future lies. It looks like everything's go, just go back to normal. So we'll see. I think in this area it's going to go back to house parties. All right, Dawn, two questions left. And I one. have no clue. And this one is for... I thought you said we only had seven. It feels like yeah. we've gone through seven. We have not. Okay. I got to choose I, again. Well, let me put my coffee down so I don't make a mess. Um, are you sure? Three. Three is one of them that's left. Oh, good. Dawn, what chapter do you get the most comments about? Um, And we don't know which book they were talking about, do we? No. Okay. Take your pick. So with the Polly book, I get the most comments of about um, and not or. Yep. So when they start getting the logic of Polly is about and, it's about adding, it's not about or, it's not about replacing. So that is really a, an eye opener. It's, it really makes things click so that they don't always feel like their partner is going to leave them if they bring in, a, you know, if another partner's brought in. So, yeah, I hear the most about that one in the Poly okay. Toolkit. Um, I don't know. But I am going to say when people talk about living MS, the most common comment I hear, not necessarily chapter, but the most common comment is how refreshing it is that you've got a voice of your own uh, to me? represent yeah. yourself. Versus one person trying to speak for both sides. Yeah, and that actually worked well for us because we didn't, we couldn't figure out how to get it to be one voice because we had, we are two separate people and on separate sides of the fence. Oh shit! Do I have to put my coffee down again? Um, (laughs) because I don't remember. Before we get into punching you because you can't remember the last number. (laughs) Um, So recently. I won't even say recently. So I have a, every once in a while, I'll go to my doctor for a variety of things and I'll say, oh, by the way, um, can I have a script for Viagra? And she will say, okay, and here's how much it costs. And I'll say, no, no thanks. It's just a party favor. And my logic, and I, there's nothing, I, I want to be gentle with people that have legitimate erectile dysfunction issues. It's, as, you know, I've had my, my times of things not working, and it sucks. I take Viagra as a party favor, as a situational, like, man, I, I really want to make sure we have fun tonight. But it's really rare. I'll, I'll leave it. I don't want to leave anything to chance. Um, and you're right, it is very rare. But I realized I've got a lot of them, 
And the other day I ate one and it works the way it's intended to. But I had the worst case of congestion. Oh, yeah. That night and the next day. And it was miserable. You told me, well, I, I walked into the room and you were, you were sniffling and, and, and you talked funny and stuff like that. And, and, I'm, and I'm like, what's going on? And you're like, oh, I took one of the blue pills. And I'm like, does this usually happen? Because that's how rare you take them. I'd never noticed it <laughs> happening before. And um, you're like, yeah, it happens all the time. And, and then you asked Alexa, I can't say her name loud, too loud or she'll hear me. Mm-hmm. But, um, and you asked her about um, congestion with the Viagra and basically the response was that it was a side effect. So that's yeah, a, that's known, side really a known side effect. So that's really weird. It makes me wonder what the hell were they trying to make when mm-hmm. they realized it made a dude hard and they're like, Oh, we can use it for this thing. <laughs> I, I asked around on the interwebs uh, uh, about people's experience with ED treatments. And one person said that they have the same issue with uh, Viagra and that they recommend chopping it in half or even a quarter to avoid the side effects. Huh. Um, and somebody else mentioned, not that, but when they started to take testosterone by injection, they first lost interest in sex, which is not something you would want to have happen, I would guess. And then a horrible rash at the injection site. Huh. Um, including, amp to and including the other effect of having that their balls actually shrunk a little bit. That's really weird. So, because I was just talking to someone whose partner has had the testosterone injection. And she's like, oh my God, he's like a randy teenager again. Mm -hmm. So, you know, how he used to, as he's aging, how he used to um, recently, like in the last few years, he wouldn't get a full heart on like he did when he was younger. It was like a semi-soft. And um, now that he's got the testosterone, it's like he's back into masturbation. He's back into wanting to hunt for sex. He's, you know, things Mm -hmm. like that. So it's, so you guys are like, well, at least you guys have options, but but it still sounds like it's a toss in the air that neither one is like a perfect remedy. Right. So you probably because I I remember you had done Cialis a long Cialis. time ago. Yeah. Cialis. You had tried that a long long time ago, and um, I only remember you doing it like once or twice because it gave you tremendous back pain. Yes. So and things like that. So, so I feel very uh, very fortunate that. It's all, it's been optional for me. Yeah. Um, and, and it sounds like, I mean, you know, you always hear the joke about if it lasts for more than four hours, but you know, some serious side effects well, for people, especially, and side note, since I have high blood pressure, I, I was going to say that. Yeah. I, I was like, should you be taking that since your blood pressure is a little high recently? And you're like, I'll ask the doctor. I'm betting you didn't ask the doctor. I probably should have. No. <laughs> but, uh. Yeah, so since it's a party favor and it makes you miserable and, you know, and it gives you congestion, which is really rough if you're trying to go down on somebody. Um, <laughs> Good point. Yes, so, it did. <laughs> I was going to mention that part, but, you know. Um, yeah, and then you would think the testosterone shots would be a perfect remedy, but you've got two different responses. Some mm-hmm. One, they turn into a randy teenager, and the other one, they j- it was just really, really negative response and the the last thing i want to say about this is it was a little well i want to say it was a little disheartening but i shouldn't be but the the lack of responses i don't think the lack of responses comes from a lack of people having side effects i think it comes from the stigma 
of oh, yeah. dudes having to or choosing to take a ED type remedy. Um, Which is weird because you hear commercials about it all the time. But now the commercials that I'm hearing are you can talk to a doctor privately on a, a chat call like Zoom right, or something. Right. And we will privately in plain packaging send it to your house if you're, you know, prescribed with something. And so, you know, it used to be the rage when I listened to the radio is all these ED commercials. And now, I, I don't know, it just sounds like the guys didn't come out of the woodworks. <laughs> so they're changing their tactics. But, um, but like I said, at least you guys have these things. Women, when we go through menopause, mm-hmm. we really don't have a lot of options to bring back our sex drive if we lose it. Who was it that was... T- Somebody was talking to me about that, and they were pissed. Oh, I know who it was. I know who it was, too, now. So, and... um. Yeah, but I I run a group of older women that are going through menopause, and there's more than one person that's pissed. You know, you guys at least get to try these things. We we don't have anything. Women don't have anything to fall back on. I mean, they can prescribe estrogen, but then we have to worry about cancer, right? So estrogen after menopause can cause different types of breast cancer and different types of things like that. And um, I know someone else that um, they have found a cream that works, but they had to jump through a lot of hoops to get it not from here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You know, so yeah, so that, that can be frustrating. Why do you do that for? That's my eerie noise. I know. It's just, it's the segue into tentacles. Ooh, I love the tentacles. So we actually have, um, the tentacle pictures have been coming to me through Discord. So if you have not joined our Discord channel and it's something that you'd like to do, we have a couple of um, chat rooms and we have a picture room and that's where people have been putting yep. the pictures. So, and um, let's see, Enigma sent the it was a tattoo of an octopus and it was the girl was slim but it was the whole front of her body yeah. so it was her thighs was, all the way up to her belly button and it was really really that well was done ass. that was awesome and then Traver, so we hear about Traver a lot he's been around forever sent um a mask that has a print of tentacles on it which is yep. was really kind of cool and then via the uh, Instagram, somebody linked us the a uh, so Sam Wall and mm-hmm. Sam Wall, as a matter of fact, uh, a TikTok from your favorite bisexual cosplayer. Yeah, where they went to a Ren Fair. Ren Fair of some sort, but but they had a lot of kink stuff at this Ren Fair of some. Yeah, what she call it? Um, friendship it, mops instead of floggers. Yeah, I, that was my favorite part. And the friendship bracelets. That were um, uh, cuffs. Yeah. <laughs> so, and we have seen that before. Actually, my, my leather collar, so that you gave me yep. 19 years ago, came from a Ren yep. Fair. So, that was kind of neat. But Absolutely. Cool. So, we've covered a bit of stuff. We have. So, find us on Instagram. I actually try to put some pictures out there every now and then to see the picture of the day. We also post our live podcast and things on there. COVID's almost over. You're going to go out soon. But before you do that, take a moment to support the podcast. Rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Or just tell your friends. If you like what we're doing, head over to patreon.com, Erotic Awakening, and take a look at options like discounted stuff, 
extra content, and more. And our next Zoom meeting is the first Sunday of June. We do not have a topic yet. We will be asking our Patreon supporters what they want to chat about. And um, more Zoom meetings coming after that. Bye, Dan. <laughs> it is a hodgepodge. <laughs>